Google's so Google, they can do anything, right? And then they can do it tomorrow. Coming to you in your speakers from Dubai to all around the globe. This is James Reynolds Traffic Jam Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, what's up listeners? Welcome to Traffic Jam, the podcast show that teaches you how to get more traffic and build a profitable audience online. You're tuned in to episode number 33, which can you believe it makes us almost exactly one third of the way to a century of episodes. Now, clearly, that is still very, very early in the days of a podcast, and we haven't quite got to 100 episodes just yet. However, if I continue to publish at least one podcast episode per week, this time next year, we will, in fact, be pretty darn close. Now, certainly not at this point have we quite caught up Pat Flynn and his Smart Passive Income podcast, which has, in fact, just past 100 episodes, but we're certainly making steps in the right direction. The Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. So what's coming up on our one third of the way to a century of episode show? Well, the topic we're diving into today is Google authorship and Google author rank. Now, this is the whole idea that Google are moving towards a scenario where an individual's authority on a particular topic will have a bearing on where and how their content appears in the search results. Now, my guest today, Mark Traphagen, really is driving a lot of the conversation around this topic. And he's even gotten Google reps like Matt Cutts to divulge a few clues as to whether, in fact, Google are already using author rank within their search results. So that's the topic of today's conversation. It's certainly relevant and topical, but don't go anywhere after the interview because, of course, I have got all of the regular segments that we're so used to on the show. The one minute traffic tip, this week's news in traffic and the traffic jam jam. So let me introduce my guest for today. His name, as I said, is Mark Traphagen. He's a senior director at Stone Temple Consulting, along with Eric Enger. He's a top 3000 user on Google Plus, and he speaks all around the world on the topic of Google authorship, Google Plus and Google author rank. And apart from these creds, which clearly show that Mark's an absolute authority on these topics, as you're about to find out on this interview, Mark's just a super, super nice guy. So let's now get into the interview. It's the topic of authorship, author rank, and it's with Mark Traphagen. And welcome listeners to the interview section of episode 33 and welcome to my guest expert and co-host for this part of the show, Mark Traphagen. Mark, welcome to Traffic Jam. James, thanks so much for having me today. I'm so glad to be here and looking forward to our conversation. Absolutely. Well, I've asked you on the show because you know a fair bit about the current hot topic on the search and social web, and that's Google authorship. Let's open up with a quick explanation of what authorship is and how you got to be so involved with it. 
Sure. Well, basically, authorship is uh, a program that Google put forth to be to enable content creators to connect their content from anywhere on the web with a, a social profile. In this case, their Google Plus profile, since obviously Google owns that, indicating to Google that this is my content. And allowing Google, first of all, to track that and see and, and have that visibility into this is where I publish, this is what I publish. The most immediate manifestation of that that most people are familiar with and have seen, even if they don't know what it is, is seeing an author's profile photo next to content in search. I'm, I'm sure by now everyone in your audience has seen yeah. that. Google authorship is generally how that is uh, created or how that is generated. Uh, and then again, it's just a matter of connecting, uh, putting on your Google Plus profile uh, in a section called Contributor To in the links section, all the domains on which you publish content under your own name. And then from those domains, linking back to that Google Plus profile and establishing that that verified author connection. Got it. So apart from the kind of the personal branding effect and the fact that you may or may not get stopped by complete strangers in hotel lobbies exclaiming you're <laughs> in my search results, which I read happened to you, Mark, what are the benefits of subscribing to Google authorship? Well, I think number one is that uh, number one that people should be looking for is that personal branding is if you write consistently about topics that are going to be of interest to your target audience, when they search in Google search, uh, if you begin to, if that content begins to perform well, it comes up again and again with your name and your picture attached to it. Uh, and I think this has a psychological effect on people over time. They begin to recognize you and think of you as an authority in that field. Um, psychologically, again, it may not be conscious, but it, it says Google is promoting this, this person, this author. I think Google wants that mm. impression to go forth. On, on a more uh, prosaic level, it's been demonstrated in many studies, not surprisingly, that having your author photo next to your content increases the click-through rate on that yeah. content in search. People's eyes are drawn to a face, and they also probably have a psychological connection that, oh, this is content by a real person. Now, you know, everything else on that search page might be by a real person, but this one is verified. So they're going to they're gonna click on it first, even if it's further down the page. Uh, and then finally, there's the power of Google personalized search. Uh, Google has is setting things up more and more to uh, make it more likely that more people are searching and using the web while logged into Google. The big, bigger your Google network, the more influence you have and the more likely your content is to show up, especially for people that, that follow you, that have a connection to you, whether it's on Google Plus or through their Gmail or Gchat all the various ways that they could be connected to you, uh, your content when they do relevant searches in their logged in search is going to be uh, pumped up or promoted to those people. So those are some of the, the powerful effects that it can have. Yeah, well, I think we'll perhaps dig into the whole topic of how to build up your network on Google Plus, perhaps a little later. But I did want to ask you about a particular topic that I wasn't actually aware of until I kind of did some research for our interview today. And that's that if you click through on a search result for a particular author and then stay on that content for, you know, two minutes or more, if you click back to the search results, you'll actually be offered more results by that author. Is that correct? Well, actually, that was a nice little feature that uh, came and went, oh. uh, at, at least here in the United States. Uh, it was around for about a year, 
It was very nice. Uh, it is no longer the case. It was just something that Google tested and for whatever reason did away with. Maybe you know not enough people uh, were making use of it or they didn't see enough people clicking on the more results when they do that. However, uh, it is still the case that uh, if people click on your name, the byline name that appears in the search results, they get a dedicated search of just your content ranked by relevancy to whatever their first query was. So that, that's kind of cool. Now, back to for a moment, though, even though that feature that you mentioned has been deprecated, it gave us a keen insight into the way that Google is looking at these things. They are, it was, it was maybe the first real-world proof we had of something that a lot of people have talked about, and that is that Google watches what people do when they click through to content in search. And specifically, do people quickly come back to search and then click on something else? That would seem to indicate that they didn't find what they were looking for in that first click. Mm. So, you know, this was a real tangible uh, evidence that they're measuring that. And particularly for authors, when we begin to talk about the idea that Google may be wanting to evaluate authors based on how people respond to their content, that could be one measure when people click through do they spend some time on your site, on your content, or do they click through and say like, oh, this is this is junk and come right back? Yeah, and this is the whole concept of pogo sticking, right? Someone clicks a result, right. lands on a page, and then, whoops, this is not what I'm looking for. Hit the back button and find something else that perhaps matches what they're looking for that little bit better. Exactly. Let's talk next about the concept of author rank. Is it in existence already, uh, fact or fiction? <laughs> well, the answer is um, sort of. <laughs> oh, love it. An uh, SEO answer. <laughs> an SEO answer, exactly. Uh, and what I mean by that is, first of all, that the concept of author rank is, uh, let's be clear, first of all, that the word or the phrase author rank is a made-up term. That is, it's been made up by the general SEO community. It's not a term that Google has used specifically, but it's based in some Google ideas uh, going back to a series of patents called the agent rank patents that Google filed years ago, where they, uh, they talked about a, a system of being able to identify various agents, one of which would be an author, uh, and relate them to their content, and then be able to watch signals and evaluate that author, either overall or perhaps even topically on the things that author writes about, and give that author a score based on that content and how people respond to it and engage with it. And that score could then be used to potentially boost search rankings where that would be merited. Now, ever since that's been released, and especially with the introduction of Google Plus and the introduction of Google Authorship right about the same time, uh, most people or many people expected to see some kind of manifestation of author rank. But we've been waiting for it, and we haven't seen any conclusive evidence that it is a direct ranking signal yet. And in fact, we've had some Google representatives explicitly state that uh, authorship is not at this present time, a direct ranking factor. Now, I want to emphasize direct because that means it's it's not something that is a one-to-one -one correspondence. You know, if you have some kind of good author score that your content is automatically just by that going to rank better. But I'm beginning to think that um, it could be already in use as a confirmatory kind of signal would be one way, meaning that it, if other signals around your content are, are good, the kinds of things that normally cause it to rank, the author, uh, your author value, your author score, if you will, may be looked at as one more thing that confirms to Google this should be trusted 
this should rank a little higher. One more way in which uh, it is being used or your, your author quality score is being used is as a qualifying content. And this we know. Um, two areas where that's been uh, revealed is one is in the in-depth articles feature in search. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something you'll see on selected queries where Google will provide a box in the search results that shows three articles that go a little bit more in-depth into the topic. Well, how do they select those? The main way seems to be on the basis of publishers so far. In other words, they they go with articles from very well-known, trusted the New York Times, Atlantic Magazine, etc. Uh, however, they have said that you should connect authorship to your content because authorship will be one factor that they will use. And recently, Matt Cutts confirmed that in a tweet reply to me that they are indeed, that's something that they look at, the quality of an author's overall content as a qualifier for that. And then quickly, the other place where I know it's being used is in whether or not you get that author photo showing up next to your content. Google mm-hmm. recently tightened up on that. And one of the factors that comes into play on that is the overall quality of the content. Now, what we don't know is exactly what Google means by quality. But the fact of the matter is that they are, at least at the beginning, of being able to look at and say, who are the trusted authors out there? And at least use that to qualify them for certain search features, if not directly for ranking at this point. Yeah, well, this kind of ties in nicely with the statement that David Amelin made on Traffic Jam episode 30, where he said he knew of cases where author rank was affecting search. And the example that he gave was that established authors could rank quickly very well. But if there was no supporting signals that kind of confirmed that content was good, they'd very quickly drop back down the ranks. Is this kind of what you mean by confirmatory signals? Yes, I think sometimes even Google may be using it, I want to stress may, to uh, kind of quickly, I don't have a term for this yet, but uh, to test something. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I can share an uh, anecdotal example uh, very quickly that we, we saw recently, uh, there, was, there was someone who had a relatively obscure blog who managed to get an interview with a print interview with Rand Fishkin, who's a very well-known authority figure in the, in the SEO world. And he kind of scored this interview, put it up about a year ago. It it just didn't, for whatever reason, probably because his blog was so unknown, didn't get much traffic, didn't get many links, didn't get much attention. And it was kind of languishing on page two of the search results for uh, a search for interview with Rand Fishkin. Then in a little experiment back in January uh, with Rand's cooperation, he asked Rand to add his site to Rand's uh, contributor to links on his Google Plus profile and sure enough, because Rand's name is prominent, of course, on the interview page, within days, the article suddenly popped up to the top of Google. Now, it remained there, we think, most likely because it got a lot of attention. Rand promoted that happening, the, the blogger, of course. It got on several you know, prominent websites, and it started to get links. And so it started to show the signals that Google wants to see. So it's, it's staying at a top ranking. But that's one piece of evidence, and we've seen others that Google may be using uh, when, a, when a trusted author is connected with a piece of content that um, they may at least test ranking that higher. They may throw it up and see what happens. See, it's like you know, throwing the spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. And again, a bit of an, an SEO answer there. I guess it could be or it could not be in that case based on what else well, was happening yeah. around at that site at the time, hey? Right. And we have to give that answer because it's something that is very, very difficult to, to really test yeah. scientifically for. To test something and say, this is that, this is author rank. 
you'd have to be able to isolate that effect from all the other hundreds of effects that Google uses to influence search rankings. And that's very, very difficult to do. Yeah. And all of this stuff, it works in tandem anyway, right? I mean, I think one mm -hmm. signal on its own in and of itself probably doesn't mean too much unless it's you know supported by other stuff that's happening so i think it's very difficult and i guess this is a topic right mark i mean seos they they tend to get quite granular with all of this stuff and look for tactics that kind of cheat the system and an influence rank where other things might not you know i think we kind of have to get away from that idea anyway but, right oh absolutely and you mentioned you have you've had david amerlin on the show who's a good friend of mine and that's you know the direction that he's telling us we need to go and leading us that as we yeah. come into the world of semantic search, trying to gain individual factors uh, has less and less return to it. It really is, you have to have a more holistic approach. It's a lot of things working together. It's building your real world trust and authority. You know, as David so often says, doing the things that would get you good reputation, get you recommended in the real world in which yeah. we all live are now the things more and more that are going to be rewarded in search as well. Yeah. So what do we know right now about Google's ability to rank authors? Because I know, for instance, that that Google's Matt Cut said something to the extent of we're doing a better job of detecting when someone is sort of an authority in a specific space. So I guess if I use you as an example, Mark, Google might know that you're an authority in the realm of Google Plus, or as I've found out by your show notes before the show, that you know how to legally marry couples, even if they're not a professional <laughs> clergy. So they might know that you know a little bit about that as well. What else do we know right now about Google's understanding of authors themselves? Well, that's a great question. Uh, what we don't know is how granular it is in far, as far as topicality. And that, that seemed to be where your, your question was going, at least in mm. part. Uh, that's something that is you know, theoretically that they're interested in. Uh, and as you said, you know, Matt Cutts and others at Google have said, you know, we want to know and we're trying to get better at knowing when someone is an authority in a particular area. So I think it's some, somewhere that they want to go. Uh, and they're going to, get, they're going to get better and better at it because – uh, they're getting better and better at being able to evaluate content, not just by keywords like they used to, but by real language measurements, by the, the kinds of ways, machine learning, how to understand language in ways that you and I understand it and be yeah. able to understand context and what's most important in a, in a piece of content. So I think we're going to see more and more of that. Um, Another part of the answer to that, and again, this is coming totally out of just my observation. I watch this stuff all the time. Uh, it's not something that I can specifically test for. But I think that we're going to see this. Um, we're seeing it first in terms of sites uh, or in Google parlance publishers because that's the low-hanging fruit. Uh, it's what Google already does fairly well, and they know they're able to do. So I think we're seeing more and more uh, topical authority in connection with sites and publishers. Mm. But uh, I expect that to begin to leak over into individuals, authors in this case. And I also want to say that, again, this is just my, my opinion, uh, based on observation over years of the way that Google does things. I think any boost, if it's already there or if it's coming, is going to come first to very well-known authors, to people who have a track record. Yeah. Um, I don't think... You're going to see much uh, of this happening for 
smaller authors or people who don't have much of a following, don't have much engagement or aren't well known. Google is going to go first with promoting, you know, they're going to play it safe. They're going to promote the people who are pretty much already sure bets as being being well known. See how that goes and then slowly over time work it out to want to find well who are the other people that we that we don't know but are getting you know maybe down going down in the longer tail and uh, that that deserve to be boosted more and we certainly do know that this is the direction that Google are heading in right I mean I know that I heard from Amit single probably going back a couple of years ago now and, and the phrasing that he used is that Google were trying to bring you know this sense of offline authority and offline authorship into the online world and give those people that potentially are authorities in a particular topic some form of preference within search. Would you agree that that's, that's the case? Oh, absolutely. Every indication. And we've had encouraging signs again and again that this is the direction that Google wants to move in. I'm only conservative about it. And I am, you know, even though I'm, I'm a big advocate of this, I've been studying it since it was introduced, following it, testing it, using it. Uh, I'm conservative in saying, you know, oh, it's here, it's a banking factor, you know, it's, it's helping everybody. Uh, because I, again, I've been a careful observer of Google over the years. And I know they, uh, I, I like to quote, at least here in the United States, there used to be a, um, an ad campaign with uh, or the late Orson Welles representing a certain winery. And he would say, you know, we will serve no wine before it's time. And I always like to say Google will serve no search factor before it's time. They will take all the time they need to carefully test things, to learn how to do it better. And I believe it's very likely that we are in deep into that author authority testing stage now. But they are not going to throw something quickly into the search results that's going to make a mess out of it. And this evaluating content linked to an author, an author's reputation, especially if you're going to talk about it being topical, is incredibly more complex than most people think. So I think Google is going to take their time with this. And I think we're going to see it gradually rolled out over the next coming years. So when, if any time, do you think that author rank could potentially directly influence search ranking? Oh, I, you know, I, that's that's impossible to say. Really <laughs> I know that's, that's not giving you the answer that you want. It sounds like it's ducking, but it really is impossible to say. I recently uh, wrote an article on the Stone Temple Consulting blog, my, my company's home blog, called Quo Vadis Author Rank. And people can just search for that. I guarantee you nobody else has used that title. Uh, <laughs> we'll, Quo, have it Quo Vadis is- we'll have it linked up in the show notes as well, for sure. So we'll make sure that our listeners can find that. It's a great article. Thank you. Terrific. Uh, but in that, that article, I, I made the point that it's like a lot of these kinds of things. And because as you said it so well earlier, James that there's, none of these things work in isolation, that it's, inc- it's entirely likely that this is going to roll out and kind of be infused into search so gradually, kind of you know, turning up the, the thermostat uh, a little bit more, a little bit more, that it's going to be hard at any point to say, like, you know, today, author rank started. Uh, I think it's just going to see, we're going to see, you know, more and more gradual effect over time and just something to, to watch for it. But I think that we'll begin to know at some point, we'll be able to say, you know, it's obvious that Google is boosting the top authors on on these topics. Uh, Just, you know, whether that will come at a certain day is going to be hard to say. Yeah, well, they have a tendency to sneak these things up on us, right? I mean, that whole 
change of the algorithm structure to Hummingbird kind of went by and, and, and they said, oh, well, we actually changed it a few months back. No one had a damn clue that it had happened, but yeah. it'd still been done. So I'm sure this could potentially roll out in the same fashion. Well, let me ask you about, you know, potentially activating it because there are some reasons or arguments against why Google might not be ready to use a, use an author rank in actually determining search rank. And that might be things like they still don't know 100% who the correct author of a piece of content is. You know, not everyone's subscribed to Google Plus, so therefore should it have any weighting? How far are we away from sort of these factors not being valid concerns anymore? Yeah, and I think you just named you know one of the factors that I would would bring up, but there's several that uh, make me think again when I try to explain to people why you know then Google Google so Google they can do anything right and then they can do it tomorrow. Well, it's it's not that easy, and there are some real hurdles in here. One is as you just mentioned, uh, the relatively low adoption of Google authorship. Uh, I think Google had a hope in the beginning that this would just take off and that everybody who writes on the web would want to be associated with this. And while in certain verticals it has had a lot of adoption, there's huge places where it doesn't. And some of the uh, most prominent authors on the web don't use it at all, either because they haven't heard of it, they can't be bothered with it, or they're famous enough that they think they don't need it. Uh, and because of that, by the way, we see, we've seen for about two years now Google constantly experimenting with trying to auto-attribute authorship which leads to some of, as you mentioned a moment ago, sometimes uh, misattributions. Mm. And uh, that's another indicator why, you know, I think they want to have more confidence that they can get an author right uh, connected with content, whether or not that author is using Google authorship markup on his or her content. Uh, another area is the signals around an author's content. They can certainly see the traditional SEO signals, you know, the link graph uh, kind of signals that we uh, we all know if we're in the SEO field. But uh, the agent rank patents talk about you know wanting to be able to measure engagement, uh, and that means being able to know who is engaging with the content, not just the author, and where and how they're engaging with it. And an increasing amount of that, of course, takes place on social media. And a lot of that social media is not as visible to Google as they would like. Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook in particular is very walled off to Google. And so Google is, you know, wanting to know how can we be sure we're getting the right signals around an author's content. I think that's something that they're still working on and building. Well, let's distill all of this down into some practical steps for our listeners. First of all, how do we go about getting Google authorship set up? I think you alluded to some of those steps in, in the intro in terms of um, assigning your um, contributor URLs in your Google Plus profile. What else do people need to do to get it set? Yeah, the mo it can get complicated if you have a, a large site with multiple authors. Uh, I mean, not horribly complicated, but a, a little bit more. But let me just give it at the, at the simplest level and people can work from there. Uh, it, it is simply a two-way verified connection between your Google Plus personal profile, and it has to be a personal profile, not a, not a business or brand page, and your content on the web. And, and how you make that is by a two-way link. First of all, as I said, if you go into your Google Plus profile, you, uh, you'll find a section in the links section on your About tab that's called Contributor 2. And you don't have to put every, a link to every individual piece of content. On there, just a link to uh, the homepage of the domain on which you published is enough. Then, on the content uh, itself, 
the easiest thing to do is just link back to your Google Plus profile from there. Uh, if you uh, at the bottom of the content, if the if the place you're publishing will allow it, you could say, you know, follow me on Twitter and follow me on Google Plus, and the Google Plus link would link back to your profile. Best, not absolutely necessary, but best practice is to add a rel equals author attribute to that. And if your listeners will just look up on Google rel equals author, they'll find plenty of uh, tutorials on how to build a link with the rel equals author schema markup attribute. Um, but that two-way connection fundamentally is is what makes it. Your listeners can also Google something called the structured data testing tool. Structured data testing tool. That's a tool that Google's provided that you can, once you think you've got it set up, you can take the URL of any of your content on the web put it in this tool and it will tell you if authorship has been set up correctly for it. Fantastic. Well, again, those will be linked to within the show notes. Um, I guess that's step one. Second step is, I guess, building author authority. You've got a particularly large following on Google Plus and you've got a lot of engagement, but how would our users or, or should I say our listeners go about sort of building their own authority? So they may start to build up some form of uh, authority with this kind of concept of author rank? Great. Well, first of all, I want to emphasize, because I think there's been a lot of uh, bad assumptions about this out there, that it is not necessary to be active on, to have a huge, on Google+, to have a huge following on Google+, in order to uh, gain, I think, author authority with Google. Uh, I don't think that would hurt. I think it adds to it if you can do that and if you want to be there. And it certainly adds... I think that, you know, one of the biggest values of building a large network on Google Plus is, as we mentioned earlier, that effect into personalized search where your uh, your Google Plus content and things that you recommend and share can get bumped up in the personalized searches of people who are connected with you through yeah. that. But it's not necessary to have that. Uh, what is, I think, even more important is that you are producing the best quality content that you can that you are posting it on good sites, on high authority sites. Uh, I think the you know, basic measure for that is if the site will accept anybody's content sight unseen, that's not a site <laughs> you want to be on. Um, and I think it's more valuable to be on sites that are very relevant to what you are writing about. Uh, so you don't want to be on so much on sites that publish about you know, any different topic that comes along. But the more focused the site can be, uh, the better that's going to be for you. And then build up your personal network, not just on Google+, but but everywhere. Uh, the network that builds an audience for your content, people who care about what you write, and that when you write it, when you share it, they're going to reshare it. They're going to recommend you to other people. I think all those things are the, are the types of things that you want to be doing at a very practical level to begin to build the kind of authority that uh, that will get you noticed by Google in the in the short or the long term. Fantastic. Well, we've got some excellent action steps there. So I think that is a perfect point to kind of wrap things up, Mark. Where should our listeners go to find out a little bit more about you? Well, I think the number one place, as you mentioned, is Google Plus itself. If you just uh, go to plus dot, or actually google.com slash plus Mark Traphagen, that will take you right to me. Trapagan is spelled T-R-A-P-H-A-G-E-N. Uh, I'm on Twitter, also by that name, at Mark Trapagan, and very active there. And uh, folks can feel free to try to connect with me on LinkedIn as well. 
Fantastic. So there you go, listeners. That's Mark Traphagen. You'll find the links to all of the resources mentioned by Mark in this week's show notes. Go to trafficjamcast.com and then look for episode 32. Thank you, Mark. It's been an absolute pleasure. You've been a real uh, generous gentleman with your time and your expertise and uh, the Traffic Jam community. Thank you. James, great interview. I really, really appreciate it. You had wonderful questions. I had a lot of fun doing this. Awesome stuff. Thanks, Mark. Bye-bye now. So we move on to this week's news in traffic and we stop first at socialmediaexaminer.com who've reported on a new feature being added by Twitter and that is Twitter photo tagging. Now in this new feature you can tag up to 10 people in a photo and still have all 140 characters left to write your tweet. Now to tag someone in a photo on Twitter you select the photo tap on who's in this photo, type and select the name of the person you want to tag. And then when that photo appears in people's Twitter feeds, they will see the tagged names on the photo itself. And then by clicking on the tag, they'll be able to click through to that particular person's profile. Now, this is a pretty basic update. I think it will help connectivity and explorability around Twitter. But what I really hope it doesn't do is build rise to this kind of tagging spam that's so prevalent on Facebook. So I really hope people on Twitter avoid the same tactics as you and I, I'm sure, have experienced on Facebook. So in the next news item, we actually go to Google Plus for a very small update I noticed on my own profile on Google Plus today. And I've seen that they've added this little view count on the profile itself. Now, having dug a little bit deeper on this and read an article over at techcrunch.com, apparently this data shows all of the views of a user's profile, posts and photos since October 2012. Now, it has appeared on all profiles but it is an optional setting so if you'd rather not show your total views on your profile you can turn it off and you just go to your profile settings to make that change. Now for the third and final story this week we go to Facebook who have expanded their lookalike audience capabilities. Now, the new capabilities allow advertisers to create lookalikes based on people who have either visited their website, used their mobile apps or connected to their Facebook pages. Now, previously with lookalike audiences, I believe that you had to essentially just upload an Excel file with all of your customers and prospects included and their email addresses. And then what Facebook would then do is match those email addresses to Facebook profiles profiles and then profile those people based on their likes and interests and then suggest other people that would be suitable to target. So it's very much a manual process. With this new capability, Facebook can identify those people through the Facebook conversion tracking pixel, i.e. if you've got the conversion tracking pixel installed on your website, anyone that opts into your email list or buys a product or service from you, Facebook will be able to identify and then suggest other people that might be good to target also within your advertising. Now, I got to say, I think this is a pretty darn cool update. There's certainly going to be a huge amount of capability with this. I think the options are going to be fantastic. And I certainly look forward to trying it out myself. 
Now, according to Facebook, it is already available in the Power Editor and that's available worldwide. So it should already be available to you. To get started, go to the Power Editor, click on the Audiences tab, then select Create New Audience. And within that, you'll then find Lookalike Audiences where you'll be able to access this new feature. To find the links to these stories in full, check the show notes for episode 33 at trafficjamcast.com. So one review over at stitcher.com this week, and it's from N Loper, who rates the show five stars and then goes on to say, doing business online, this is a must listen. James and his guests continue to crush it with awesome, actionable content week in, week out. If you'd like to get more traffic to your website, and who wouldn't, this is the show for you. As always, I'm always open and very, very willing to receive more feedback and comments for the show. So usual places, stitcher.com and itunes.com or on the show page of the episode itself over at trafficjamcast.com. The one minute traffic tip. Now, when most people talk about guest blogging, they talk about it in relation to creating content for other people's websites so that you can reach other people's audiences. Now, this is okay, but by creating content for someone else's website, you're building their asset and not your own. Consider flipping this equation completely on its head and accepting guest contributions on your own site. Now, if you filter your contributors carefully, only accepting guest posts by writers who are real authorities in your market and who have a very large audience, you'll get the benefits of their traffic when they promote their content on your site to their audience and you'll get links from their established website subsequently improving your SEO. Now, all of this happens while they're adding content to your site and building your asset and not their own. So thank you for listening in to episode number 33 of Traffic Jam. I will, of course, be back in about seven days from now with episode 34, where I'll be interviewing Eric Enger, who is, in fact, Mark Traphagen's colleague at Stone Temple Consulting. And we're going to be having a chat about inbound marketing and SEO. So all that to look forward to next week. Remember to visit Traffic Jam Cast to join the discussion on episode 33 and to get all of the links and resources mentioned in today's show. You can also visit veravo.com for more traffic tips and training and to learn how I can help you get more traffic faster from the search engines. Now we end this week's show with the track called This Year by the curiously named band The Mountain Goats. Enjoy.
Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. To know more about this program and to subscribe for future episodes, check out the website trafficjamcast.com.